0: You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly.
1: And I'm Eric, and this is episode 19.
0: Yeah, you ready for another episode, Eric?
1: I am every week.
0: Yeah, you are. All right, let's just get into it. Okay. So this is the Rampart Street murder, or this is the Rampart Street murder. This is the story of Zach Bowen and Addie Hall. So, Zach was born May fifteenth, 1978, in Bakersfield, California. Zach grew up there while living with his mother. Later, he moved to New Orleans, Louisiana, to live with his father while he finished high school. Zach suffered from depression, so he just wanted a fresh start. So, after he graduated from high school, he was hired at 18 to be a bartender on Bourbon Street. While working there, he met 28-year-old Lana Shupak. So, she was quite a bit older than Zach, I believe, I want to say like 10 years because he was 18. She was 28. But they really hit it off and they started dating each other. And not too long after, Lana became pregnant and the two got married. Lana then went on to have their second child. So I believe they had a boy and a girl at this point. Zach decided that he wanted to quit his job and join the army so that he could better support his family. He ended up serving two years one in Kosovo and another in Iraq, but he was generally gi- discharged. In case you didn't know what a general discharge was, um, it is, quote, given to service members who engaged in minor to moderate misconduct or, or performed satisfactory but failed to meet performance standards expected of military members, unquote. This discharge really took a toll on Zach, and he kind of looked at it like he was like a failure for this. So, yeah, it just really hit him hard. And when he got back home, his relationship with his wife just started falling apart. And Lana said that Zach was just a completely different person when he came home. Um, Zach did suffer from PTSD after being in the military after witnessing horrific events in Iraq. For example, he would talk about a young Iraqi boy that he actually became friends with and later found out that he was killed because he was interacting with Americans. Fuck. I know. I believe there was another girl with another instance with a little girl too. That kind of the same thing. So that's got to be extremely tough on somebody hearing that. So this just haunted him for, you know, for the rest of his life, you know, for (laughs) just haunted him pretty much every day. So the two of them actually ended up getting divorced. But Zach did continue to co-parent with his, um, you know, with Lana, with his two children. And he did pay child support. He did end up going back to work at a bar called The Spotted Cat in the French Quarter in New Orleans. While he was working at this bar, he met Addie Hall. The two would flirt at work and she would kind of like push his buttons, you know, like, but they just really hit it off, too. And they um, started dating and had a relationship. But before we get into that relationship, let's get a little, uh, let's get to know Addie a little bit. Addie was born January 15th, 1976. She was originally from North Carolina before she moved to New Orleans um, from an abusive household, actually. She did suffer from bipolar disorder, and she would not take her medication as much as she should for her mental illness. Addie was a free-spirited dancer, poet, artist, and seamstress. Although she had a hard time with men and relationships because of her upbringing, it didn't really seem to bother her when it came to Zach. She really loved him and trusted him, and they just shared a lot of the same similarities. They loved to party, they loved to do drugs, and they loved to drink a lot. The two had been dating for a few weeks when Zach moved into her apartment. This is also when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans in 2005. So the two of them decided that they didn't want to leave their place as Katrina was approaching. Katrina was actually a Category 5 with wind speeds up to 175 miles per hour. The National Hurricane Center... Describes this category five hurricane as, quote, catastrophic damage will occur. A high percentage of framed homes will be destroyed with total roof failure and wall collapse. Fallen trees and power poles will isolate residential areas. Power outages will last for weeks to possible months, unquote. So, yeah, like I said, the two of them, they decided they wanted to stick it out together. And even though they were heavily advised to evacuate their apartment, they just didn't want to. They wanted to stay there and they wanted to just. You know, stay in this little apartment together. Lana, the mother of Zach's children, even asked him if he wanted to evacuate with them to go somewhere safe. But Zach didn't want to, and this was horrifying to Lana and her, you know, their children. Yeah. Because like, and also he had no cell phone, so there was no way for her to even contact him to make sure that he was alive and safe after this whole hurricane and stuff That's like that. That's crazy. I know. But I actually read somewhere that this whole kind of portion of like where they were living, wasn't hit so much in the hurricane. And so that's why their house was kind of okay and stuff like that. And they were still alive when this hurricane, like, passed by. And so was their apartment. They just had no electricity, no running water, no heat or air conditioning, and very limited resources. Because, you know, a whole hurricane just fucking came through. But to them, they didn't mind this living situation. They kind of actually enjoyed it. They loved, you know, the not having to pay bills, not having to go to work, they get to they were literally sitting outside of the front of their apartment just kind of drinking all day doing drugs and it was just kind of like their little free lifestyle that they had zach and addy would actually go to abandoned bars and get alcohol and then they would go back to their apartment and sit out front and like make cocktails for people as they would like walk by like kind of in exchange for food and water for themselves and then obviously they would drink themselves you know yeah so that's how they that's how they lived
1: so the community comes together
0: exactly Exactly. I also read that Addie would flash police officers when they drove by because like, they were just checking like emergencies and stuff like that. And the fact that she did this, the fact that they were like making cocktails and doing this whole thing and just their general presence, the media actually noticed them. And they were featured in many newspapers, including the New York Times. Zach and Addie were described as, quote unquote, queen or, king and queen of the Katrina survivalists. And like I said, they were having a great time and they didn't want to return to reality at all. So, But unfortunately for them, unfortunately just for them, (laughs) the city was starting to rebuild itself. Uh, People were starting to come back to the area and living life as normal as it it could be after the hurricane. So like I said, they didn't want to go back to work. They didn't want to pay bills. They just didn't want any responsibilities. And they just loved this really easy kind of lifestyle. The life came back to New Orleans. And this ended up taking a huge toll on their relationship. They did continue to drink and do drugs like they always had, just a little bit more excessively. Zach decided also at this point that he didn't want to co-parent with Lana anymore, and he stopped paying child support.
1: So didn't want to co-parent, like he didn't want anything to do with the kids.
0: Yeah, they left for, from the hurricane. He didn't have a cell phone, so he was like, "Fuck it!" Like I,
1: what a piece of shit. I'm not right gonna, there. you know, That's like
0: yeah, totally. He's like, "I'm not gonna co-parent. I'm not paying anything." They left after the hurt, hurric- or you know, during the hurricane before the hurricane actually. And he just was like, I don't want to have anything to do with it or with them or you. This kind of had to do with Addie a little bit because she wanted Zach to herself and she didn't want any more responsibilities, meaning his children, mm-hmm. which in my opinion, that's not fair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like
0: she found a man that has children and you don't just get rid of children in that situation. She no. should be like, okay, this is not for me. I'm going to go find another man that has no children. And I don't have to have that, that extra responsibility. Exactly. Like, yeah. It just makes no sense to me. It's very selfish. Even the fact that Lana and the children aren't around anymore and they don't have the you know that responsibility. The two of them just kept arguing and fighting and it got more physical. They would break up and get back together several times. Um, All of their fights and arguments started to really tear their relationship apart, and Zach was just pretty much done with Addie. But Addie begged him to give her one last chance, so the two of them can have a fresh start, pretty much. Zach really did love her, so he decided to go through with it. They did get their own apartment at 826 North Rampart Street, which was located above the Voodoo Spiritual Temple. Zach even... Went so far to pay two months of their rent in advance so that the both of them could live there and have their names, you know, on the lease. But days later, Addie actually went to the landlord and switched the names and just put the apartment in her name. She proceeded to kick Zach out. So wow, yeah. So they broke up at that point.
1: Great fresh start.
0: I know, I know. So Zach was obviously like absolutely furious at how Addie was treating him. Their relationship was falling apart. She kicked him out. So on the night of October 5th, 2006, Zach was at the apartment talking to Addie, and this is when they started to argue, and Zach probably should have left at this point, but instead, he ended up strangling Addie to death in their own apartment. After killing Addie, he committed necrophilia, and then fell asleep next to her body. What
1: the fuck?
0: I know. I know. Disgusting. So yeah, and then he fell asleep next to her body. The next morning, he got up, and he got ready for work like it was any other day. Coworkers did end up coming out and saying that he was acting differently at work. He was wearing sunglasses and a hat, and he was just really quiet all the time. So days later, while Addie's body is just decomposing in her apartment, Zach finally goes back, and he has a plan of what he wants to do with her body. He sets the temperature to around 60 degrees, so it's a little cooler in the apartment. I'm sure because it smelled really bad. He wanted, like, you know... The process of decomposition of her body to probably Slow stall down. a little bit. yeah, Because of how cold it was in there. Yeah, he proceeded to drag her body into the bathtub. And he started to dismember her with a knife and a hacksaw. He cut off her hands and feet and he put them in a pot, placed it on the back burner of the stove. Her arms and legs were placed in a roasting pan inside of the oven. Her torso was wrapped in a black plastic trash bag in the refrigerator. And then her head was placed in a pot on the front burner of the stove. His intentions were pretty much to separate the skin from the bone. So that it was easier for him to you know dispose of her pieces of the body, I guess you could say. While he was continuing his life, everyone was like, where the hell is Addie? And kept asking him like, dude, where is Addie? I haven't seen her in so long. And he told people that she went back to North Carolina. She was fed up with New Orleans and wanted to go back and some were confused because they knew how much Addie loved New Orleans and how, like, she just loved the place so much. It was, like, her little, you know, free lifestyle and stuff. But then some people also knew how spontaneous she was and sounded like she just, like, would never do something like that. She would never go back to North Carolina. So people were confused that because Addie loved New Orleans so much. But then also they knew how spontaneous that she was that she would go back to North Carolina, like, on, on the drop of a hat. On a Tuesday evening, October 17th, 2006, Zach went to the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel. He drank a lot of alcohol at the bar, and then he went up to the seventh floor of the hotel. He was pacing back and forth for quite a while, and he just jumped off, and he ended his own life. Police arrived on scene to find Zach dead. They did locate a handwritten note, army dog tags, and gate keys to Addie's apartment in his pockets. So the note actually said, quote, police only on the front of it. And it read, quote, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one that I took. If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend Addie in the oven, on the stove and in the fridge. And a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen, unquote. When arriving on scene, they found... Addie's journal, where Zach had written a note that morning that he had murdered Addie, stating, quote, Today is Monday, 16, October, 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m., Thursday, 5 October. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to Plan B, the, scene, the crime scene you are now in, came after a while. I scared myself not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but my entire lack of remorse. I've known forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 in cash I had being happy until I killed myself. And that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock. And had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now, unquote. So, yeah, that's what they found in the apartment. Wow. After they found everything in the oven and stuff. So, yeah, he's was just a real piece of shit. But it's really sad that um, people choose violence and, you know, violence and or death to, like, fix their relationships instead of just walking away.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: You know, he could have just ended it right there after Zach or uh, Addie kicked him out and stuff, you know. So yeah, during the autopsy of um, Zach's body, they actually found 28 cigarette burns representing the 28 years that he had lived and believed that he was a failure. So he just really thought he was a failure, like his whole life, which is pretty sad. Written on the walls in the apartment was, quote, I'm a failure. I love her. And look in the oven. Yikes. I know. They do actually have ghost tours now in this apartment. Um, with the same stove inside of it so people can go over there and take a tour of it and see it. And, Do
1: you yeah. have an address for that?
0: Yeah, I, saw, I already said 826 North Grand Park <laughs> Street. I was waiting for you to say something about fucking the address because this just shows you people want to go see, like, these places, you know, like, crazy stuff. But, um, but yeah,
1: they have ghosts. It's crazy uh, how he went that far dismembering some necrophilia shit and just really no past of those kind of, you know... I don't know thoughts, or I mean, he might have had his thoughts. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, he does mention how horrible of a person he was, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure, you know, obviously PTSD, all this war stuff. For sure. Her mental health, you know, it was just kind of a. But toxic usually,
1: for something like to go that far, where you're dismembering someone and okay. the necrophilia, it's mm-hmm. like some like you've done it before almost. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like crazy a killer how
1: killer works up to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy how he says that he calmly strangled her. But then says that he realizes it that, that he has no remorse for her or, or, you know, remorse for what he did, actually. Like, it's crazy that he states that. Yeah. But a little side note that I actually read. Margaret Sanchez, who actually, I believe, worked with Zach and Addie at the same bar and was a close friend of theirs, was interviewed, you know, after their the murder-suicide, pretty much just, like, what happened to them. But years later, in 2012, Margaret and her then-boyfriend Terry Speaks lured a Bourbon Street dancer Uh, her name was Jaron Lockhart, to their house and promised to pay her quite a lot of money for a private performance, which resulted in her death and dismemberment by the two of them, and then they threw her body pieces over a bridge. They were later washed up on several different Mississippi Gulf Coast beaches. Margaret was sentenced to 40 years, and Terry received two life sentences in the Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola. Jaren, uh, unfortunately, she left behind a three year old child. Now that you think about it, there's three children out there Zach's two kids, and now her kid They're just like left without a parent. So it's really sad. But isn't that crazy that her, her friends that she worked with, like one of them dismembered the other one, and then she went on to fucking get
1: be dismembered?
0: No, not her, but she, oh. did, like, had a hand in help, you know, yeah, yeah, helping yeah. her boyfriend dismember this chick, and then now she's in prison. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell is wrong with that? It was just so crazy how that kind of connected to each other. Yeah, it's really sad. It's a really sad story of uh, how Addie died, for sure. She didn't deserve that. It's really sad that uh, he didn't get more help for his PTSD and his depression and all that kind of stuff, too, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: Went to drugs instead.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and Oh, you know what? Some also people... I mean, I don't think it has anything anything to do with it, but people are always saying, like, this voodoo spiritual place that they lived above, like, maybe had something to do with the murders and stuff like that, but, I mean,
1: I don't. Louisiana has a huge, is huge on that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure.
1: Very superstitious.
0: It's very interesting, though. But, yeah. Thanks for listening to my story.
1: Oh, you got it.
0: <laughs> and, like always... Subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Comment if you like. I'm going to post all these pictures on social medias. Share it. And share it, yes. Share all these stories. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to always listen to our little podcast.
1: We appreciate it.
0: Until next time, be safe and stay aware.